This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Or how about try this one on for size. Judd and Chip Scoggins, Star Tribune sports columnist, my buddy who joins us every uh, Thursday. Conduits of Trouble is the show. Uh, Chip Scoggins, I'm just going to start with this question. Yes, sir. What is your take on the current state of the local NBA team, uh, which which absolutely positively in the fourth quarter last night, which would have been Wednesday against Memphis, fell apart and and drew the ire, and you don't see this much, drew the absolute ire of Carl Anthony Towns. When you when you see this, what is your thought about a team that has long struggled? But my problem is this year, the losses in all ways, shapes, and form, for the most part, have been really hard to watch. They've been ugly. You know what's funny, Judd, is so last night I watched the third quarter. <laughs> and and D'Lo is making shots, and Beasley's going off, and Towns is playing well, and you're thinking, okay, this is what we saw in game two, right? This is what you thought you get Towns healthy. This will, yep. you know, there's actually something here. And I turned it off and went and did something else. <laughs> <laughs> and then checked back after the game. And, and, and I did tip of that with because my son was next to me, you know, the biggest John Morant fan in the world. No jaw, um, yeah. He's like, yeah, they don't have Jaw or, or Jaron Jackson or, or Winslow, so their three best players are out. And I was like, yeah, I know. You know, they're, they're doesn't have Dad's a sports so. columnist, damn it. Of course he knows. <laughs> but, but that's right. Um, but I was thinking, okay, at least this sort of looks like what we thought it might look like. Mm-hmm. And then I come back and see the final score, and I listen to the post game and check Twitter. And I'm not at the point where I say blow it up again, <laughs> but uh, this ain't working. No. I mean, this roster does not work. And I know they're trying to go small and jack up threes and, and all this, but um, Rubio looks older than me and you. He can't play, Judd. What? I mean, there, there's nothing there. So he had COVID, okay? Um, Judd, but that was like a long time ago. Well, but right? that's what I was going to ask you. What? So, because you're right. Like he, Chip, he looks terrible. He looks awful. He, he just looks. He looks like he's forty. Yeah, he looks cooked. I, I just, I, but I, like I've I've seen players age and it happens, but this is like he's going off a cliff overnight. Yeah, I mean he he's played like well what one game. Had one good game? Maybe, yeah. And he just, I mean, just everything about it, he just looks really old and slow. And 
God bless Ryan Saunders, but he has too much confidence in Rubio. I mean, you keep putting him out there and watching these leads dwindle. Wasn't it? it sounds like um, he stuck with Rubio in the fourth quarter when the when the the lead was evaporating. So I, I mean, I understand having confidence in the guy, but when he's not playing well, I think you just have to go to a, a, a you know a plan B and yes, this it just it's not working, Judge and. Um, I asked Ryan on the uh, eve of the season, like, what's it going to take for this team to be better? He said, defensive integrity. And I, if you're seeing defensive integrity, let me know because I, I just don't see any defensive integrity there. And that's what Cat said. Cat said the same exact thing last night. Uh, yeah, it's terrible. And and here's my problem. I, you know, there's blame to go around, but the more that you watch like a game. Uh, like the meltdown in the final quarter last night, Chip, mm-hmm. the more that as good of a guy as Ryan is, it just seems like this is probably too much too soon. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I think that eventually he's going to be a good coach. Um, And I think if he had been on some, you know, coaching staffs to learn more, he'd probably be benefiting right now. But I just don't know if at this point in time in this place, if, if, Going to such a polar opposite from Tibbs was the right call. Like I, there between between Saunders and Tibbs, Chipper, there has to be somebody who could hold players accountable, be tough, but not be quite as tough as Tibbs was. Well, and I will say this: when Gerson made that decision to hire Ryan uh, or promote him, mm-hmm. I championed it because I felt like, boy, if you alienate towns anymore and he pulls you know a you know the typical nba i'm out of here and forces his way out then what then then you're then you're really starting over Mm -hmm. and it's the dark days and so i felt like he had a good enough relationship with with towns and they they as much as i hate saying this that you almost had to let the you know your superstar pick the coach um because you're trying to appease him and build around him. So I was okay with him hiring Ryan. Um, but you do wonder, you know, I think the injury um, and the fact that Towns and, and, and Russell had not played a lot together, was it probably six games now, whatever, yep. um, <clears throat> buys him a little bit of cover. But Judd, I mean, they lost to a Memphis team last night that was without their three best players. Mm-hmm. And there's just no, and, and the rotations probably, caused it you know i mean i would think you know and cat said this was a player you know loss and we didn't do defensive things but that's that's coaching too and so i i don't pretend to know how much leeway uh going to give him but if, if you follow social media um it's it's starting to snowball a little bit and um you wonder if they'll hear that now the problem too though chip is to go back to the guy that you just brought up, excuse me, in Gerson. Gerson, I mean, the place where I will fault him is this team has no four. Like, no. they just don't. They no. they don't, and, and they're trying to get by there, and they can't. Um, and that's not Ryan's fault. That's on Gerson. Mm-hmm. Culver looks, the more I watch him, to potentially have been a bust as, what, the sixth overall pick that the Wolves traded up for in that draft. So yeah. there's, there's definitely... Now, some uh, personnel decisions that Rosas has made that are coming back mm-hmm. to bite them and that look to be very sketchy at best. Remember how excited we were for Culver's improvement? 
I yeah, game two, Utah was, was shooting, shot well. Yeah. His confidence chip is gone now. He has no confidence to, yeah. to even shoot now. God, players do not improve that much in one year. It, it just doesn't happen. I'm sorry. You know, you might you might improve a little, but you don't go from being a bust to a really good player. Now, he might be over this season. We might he might you know pull himself out of this and be slightly better than what you know he was last year. But he's not going to be. You are what you are. I mean, he was not going to make that big a jump. And the Rubio thing looks like a disaster now. I mean, how much does Rubio make? Is it 17 million? Did I read that right? I'll have to look. It's too, yeah. I, he he I looks mean, awful. I mean, there's there's no defending how he looks. No, that's a disaster right now. Um, I do like the Edwards pick, even though he's not shooting it well right now. I think he's going to be a good player. But, um, you know, D'Lo can score, but he doesn't play defense to save his life. And he's not, consi- and he's not consistent. No, no. When he gets rolling, he can carry it. But, but yeah. yeah, we saw last night he couldn't make a shot in the fourth near the towns. But, um, but yeah, he's he's inconsistent. So yeah, I mean, this is as much on the on the guy putting the roster together as as it is the coach. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, but I just wonder how how patient they will be if they'll say, okay, we're going to give Ryan this full season. But if this continues and and you you have Towns back and you still lose games like this, I mean, at some point you have to wonder, you know, where this is headed. Your bench last night outscored 50-21, to 21 and the Grizzlies had 80 points in the paint. 80 in the paint, Jeff. Yes. That is unbelievable. Yes, it is. I mean... And Cat was playing. You know, that's I the other thing. Cat was playing in this game. Somebody should look at that. It's got to be close to a record, right? 80 points in the paint? Yeah. I mean, that, that has to be close to a record. If it's not... Um, yeah, and you're right about the four, and I don't know what to fix it. I mean, obviously, you'd have to... Uh, make a trade to try to fix it because PJ Tucker maybe if you can extract him from Houston. Yeah, but I mean, and I know he's tough defensively and can shoot it, but how tall is he? I mean, at some point you want some size in there, right? I mean, I know he's a hard nosed player and he can defend, you know, because he's so physical despite being undersized, but. I mean, he can't be more than six six, is he? Six five? PJ Tucker is six five. Yeah, and so I I guess it can work, you know, but... Hey, Chip, today... It's better than what they have. It's better than what they have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Today... But how old is he? I mean, he he wouldn't be more than just a rental guy, right? I mean, he's he's got some miles on his tires. Yeah, let's see what his date of birth was. I've got his uh, file called up right here. He's 35, yeah, He's so he's older. So, I mean, you're talking about one year. What are you going to trade for... Yeah, you're right. How how many more years are you going to get out of P.J. Tucker, and, and would he... You know, he wouldn't even want to be here. That's the thing. I mean, he may take a look at this and say, no way. Sa- you know? Saunders so. today, and this scares me to no end, mentioned Anthony Edwards playing the four. Really? Like, how's that going to work? He can't play defense. Close. Uh, I mean, to, uh, and guarding those guys? This whole small ball thing. I, I understand. It's funny because on that same thing before the uh, season, I asked Ryan about the the defense, someone else to ask him about spacing. And he's like, spacing in today's NBA is everything. You ask every coach it's about spacing. And I know they want to get four guys out on perimeter, five guys on perimeter, just shoot threes and drive and kick. And But you've got to be able to defend. You, you can't be giving up 80 points in the paint. I mean, it's, it's a joke. So, 
<laughs> well, I mean, he's probably, I mean, it's probably Ryan just being desperate at this point. Like, yes. what, what, what are our options? I mean, you know, they're, they're trying guards down there that, you know, that just doesn't work. So I don't know. I mean, they, you know, they have, this roster is just, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know about you, but it just doesn't make sense at all. No, I, and they, so when, uh, to, to your point from before, when they started to struggle in, I think it was at the beginning of the fourth quarter last night, yeah. players on the floor were Russell, Rubio, Nas Reed, Vanderbilt, and Culver. And, and so, so you basically had, had one guy who is, you know, a good player or he's supposed to yeah. be, uh, as we, we talked about, Rubio's been terrible. Nas is a reserve player who plays a yeah. role, but he is a reserve. V- Vanderbilt works really hard, but really can't shoot. He's just energy. and Culver's yeah. lost. Yeah, Culver, and they got yeah. eaten up completely. Yeah, how many liabilities do you have right there? That's you know? the problem. Yeah, Culver, Nas, Rubio, and Jer- look, Jared plays hard, and I really like what he brings in his own way. But he can't. Role. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right, and he really can't shoot. And Culver they, can't you know, shoot. And Rubio to, can't shoot. How about that? They need to go back to Tibbs and play Towns and those guys every minute. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? On Cat. So, so Cat had, uh, in the postgame Zoom last night, he had some very pointed, that I liked, comments about how they played, used the, the word that you uh, brought up that Ryan used before the season, integrity chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I see this, w- without being panicked, I see this as an important step, but it's step two. So Cat, you know, for what, his first four years or so, we basically said he's too passive, he's too nice, and he was. I agree with that. I said that. So then last night he comes out and is clearly upset and ticked off, which you you like to see as far as that probably means that he is taking more control of the locker room. But the problem is the next step is screw it. Like it's not going to work here. Yeah, And that, and, and that to your point is if they get there, they're in enormous trouble because this is a league where if a guy decides screw it, you can't mm-hmm. just sit him down and say, Oh, come on. It's going to be fine. That is ordinarily the point of no return where a guy does demand. And ultimately in this league, at least ordinarily gets a trade. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, it's so much easier in this league. I mean, you know, I guess we've seen it. You see it in other leagues. We saw it with Steph, Stephon Diggs, and he got his way. But the NBA, it's like when the when the superstar says, "I'm out of here," he's out of there. I mean, he they can you know, Anthony Davis had what two or three years left on his deal. He he found yep. a way to get to. So yeah, I mean, and, and he may be a long way from that point, but um, I'm just sort of. T- I mean, how long have we been talking about? And these guys have, you know, had the tough talk about being better defensively, like. Nine years in a row now. I mean, it never changes. I mean, they they talk themselves blue uh, in the face about they got to be better defense. They got to do this. They got to do that, and it never changes. And so they change coaches. They change front offices. You know, they change personnel, and still they're just horrendous mm-hmm. defensively. And so I, I, I don't know. I, I, but this roster, I mean, you look at it. Now I will say this: <clears throat> I think Towns has been better defensively. Yes. Like a lot better, like in just effort, if as much as anything. Agreed. You know, in the limited time we see him, I mean, look at the blocks he's getting and, and just the attention he's paying on that end, which we didn't see. So I, that to me is 
probably the biggest plus. Mm-hmm. But it's got to carry over to the other guys too. I mean, you know, Russell and you know, and and just everybody else has to be a lot better. They have to come along with them, and unless that happens, it's, you know, this is what they are. Carl is playing with one hand. Yes, and and I can almost assure you, a year ago or two years back, he does not come back like this quickly. And and so I I think he is maturing. I think he he is more d- devoted to improving his overall game. I think those mm-hmm. things are all true. But I'm just saying that if if this does not work, if if Russell and Towns and the infrastructure around them does not work, I don't think the next step is Towns going to Gerson or Ryan or Glenn Taylor and saying, let's bring in a new uh, potential star to help me. I think the next step is uh, hit the panic button because Carl is going to say, you know what, the Clippers sound really good to me or something like that. And that's yeah. that's the concern. Yeah, well... Yeah, you don't want him to get disheartened. Yeah, and he was last night. And <clears throat> yeah, and you know, obviously that's you know one bad loss. But if you if this season nosedives and, and then you just don't feel like it's going to improve, you know, next year. And the, the problem is these players are all friends, and they hang out together and, and train together in the off season, and they get in each other's ear. And hey, I want to play with you. Let's go play there. That type thing. And before you know it, the team is completely out of the loop. They have no control over the situation. And it's it's the players kind of engineer where they want to go and who they want to play with. And that's what you you fear when you have a, a guy that's your cornerstone that he gets disheartened and just doesn't see any way out with his organization, wants to go elsewhere. Exactly. So they have to and – and, and that goes back to our original point. That's why I felt like you had to at least give Ryan Saunders the job to make Cat feel good about the the way things were going, um, if the, if they pull the plug on that, <clears throat> do you care how Cat feels? You know, at, at this point, do you if he if he doesn't support it, do you care? If you feel like, I think you have to, don't you? Uh, what are you saying? You, you say you have to care. If, yes, if if, if you're the team, and and you're going to that. fire him, I think you have to care about what Cat thinks, still. Like everything's been geared towards yeah, but that, if, but if, but if you feel like Ryan's not the guy, I mean, yeah, I, and, I don't know. It's a, yeah. tricky, it's a tricky one. I don't know. It, it's tricky, you know. But I don't think that they're there yet. I think they want to, and probably in fairness, I mean, and, and Ryan's obviously young and, and still learning this, but I think it is probably, you know, at least give him some time with 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 Towns and Russell together and see, you know, if he can make something out. And if he can't, then you you know you come to that determination to make a move in. But yeah. I don't know if you have to get Towns' blessing with every every organization move you do, but um, I think he's probably at the forefront of your thoughts, though, right? You can't afford to bring in a coach he does he does not like. I'll say that. That's true, but I mean, who's he going to know? I mean, how's he going to know if he doesn't like him? I mean, if you're hiring somebody new, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. In some in some ways, whoever they hire is going to be an unknown to him, probably um, it, it, from the outside, and so it's a little bit of a a leap of faith, no matter who it is, if you go outside. So, but it, you know, this league is so crazy though, that, that, you know, I mean, look at like what James Harden just as absolutely just sabotaged the Houston Rockets and he got his way, you know, he got what he wanted. Yeah. Just, just left a smoldering mess, you know? 
it's unbelievable how how players can just. But he went to a team where where one of the two current star players is now basically t- taking time off, and we don't know exactly why. In Kyrie, so yeah, who knows? Yeah, that could be a gong show too. Yeah. But yeah, I think you have to look. The problem with Cat is this: this is the Wolves. Uh, you know, what bite at the apple is this one now? About bite 10? You know, you had Kevin Love, you had Garnett, you had... So my problem now is... Exactly, exactly. So my problem now is if you screw this one up, Chip, at some point in time, it's just, you know, it's damn near done. I mean, they're going to move to Seattle or <laughs> Vegas or something. I mean... It up and you seriously, Seattle, it's just yeah. like... Because, like, I mean... Cat, say what you will about Cat. Cat is a star player. Like he's, he's very a good. He's very, very good player. He's very good. Yeah. And if you goof this one up, and Cat's like, you know what? Bleep it. I'm gone. What do you do? Like, are you back to maybe we can win the lottery again and get a top? You know, like what's the what's the answer at that point? You've now blown through so many opportunities to have what you consider to be transformational players, or at least players that could that could get you to, if nothing else, the playoffs. You know, so you, you, it's frustrating. It would be, it would be, you know, you know, number four hundred and eighty-seven building yes. process, and you're starting. Oh, and, and and you know, it's it's just that's why, yeah, that's why you just have to hope. And you know what everybody says, hope is not a plan, but you have to hope that Gerson and all the things that they're doing is going to work. Which so far, early returns, it doesn't look good. Your best guess. From the uh, Vikings, do you think that Gary Kubiak is going to come back or, or not? And if not, when do you think we're going to hear from Gary? It's like yeah, but, Gary, come out from below that rock and tell us what the hell your plan is. Well, yeah, I don't. I mean, do you go to Hawaii for a week to sit on it? I don't know. I, I mean, would thought that I will say the longer this goes, that if he doesn't come back, I'm more convinced it'll be a son because you know coordinators are going to get promoted and snatched up by other teams that somebody you might want. So I, I, if he, the longer this goes, it makes it, if he comes back, you know, this week or next week and says, I'm retiring, I, I think he'll probably be Clint. Um, but yeah, I mean, he said take a few days and this is, you know, um, and maybe, maybe they already know internally, you know, who knows, but um, yeah, it's weird that it's gone this long. Yeah. It just seems like I, I think he's probably gone. And my, yeah. my guess is Zim, Zim said, oh, no, no, take some time. Uh, but it just seems odd. Hey, George Payton finally left. We we yeah. covered how, how many times did we uh, cover him, you know, uh, talking to teams, turning teams down, being a finalist. I, I think he was with the I think he was with uh, San Fran before John Lynch got that job. Yeah. And the Rams, he finally left. Yeah, I would bet four or five times he was yep. interviewed while we were on the beat. And uh <clears throat> You know, I think it'll be a big loss for them. Um, I think he had a pretty – I know he's very well respected. Everybody in the organization liked him, and I think he, he you know, is one of those guys behind the scenes that people probably know his face and know his name but don't know all the stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to leave a void. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they let him take any of the personnel people with him. Uh, yes, it will. Whether it's college scouting or, or what have you if he tries to bring some of the people with him and um, if they block that, I, I assume they can block it. I don't know how it works for front office. Um, 
But, yeah, you know, good for him. We both know him. I think he's a pretty smart guy, and um, I'm sure it's a, a tough day for Spielman. I know he's having a, a presser, I think, right now as we speak. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that position because it's, like I said, it's, it's not a role we write about or talk about a lot, but I think it's, uh, you know, he's someone who did a ton of work uh, in terms of the personnel side. Yeah, because he, he and Rob, I think, basically are Rick's two most important uh, yes. uh right-hand man uh hey if you're the vikings what are you doing as far as as putting priority now with the, that they're going to sit down and i'm sure they're in the process of doing this going back through mm-hmm. the 2020 season chip what are you doing and as far as priority positions and areas where you absolutely positively think that you have to either go out and spend or uh, draft high to fill spots for 2021 well, for me, without that offense, defensive line. Um, I think you need a guard. Offensive guard, and you need a defensive tackle. Uh, you think that uh, Barmore kid for Alabama uh, would look good in Zim's middle of his defensive line? I think that would be exactly what they need. Now, I looked at one mock draft, and maybe it you know, has gone up more <laughs> after he just dominated um, Ohio State in that game, but I think he was around 18 to 20 in a couple mock drafts that Barmore kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I could see them probably falling in love with him. Uh, pass rushing, big physical defensive uh, tackle. But I think both, I think, you know, interior offensive line and interior defensive line are the two. If I was right now, if I did a pecking order, yep. one, figure out what's going on with Daniel Hunter contract wise and health wise. Yep. You gotta get that resolved. To me that's the number one issue overriding everything this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um is he healthy and how much money does he want? And that's a key question. And then to me too is uh improve the boat interior lines. Yeah, and I, I, I think that Mike will definitely push Rick uh to, to get him a three tech to play besides uh, Pierce at the nose for sure. 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 But I'm with you on this one. You absolutely positively can no longer ignore guard. Like, you can't. No. And, and, and you know, Dakota Dozier, God bless him, cannot be on opening now. day of 2021. Mm-hmm. You're starting left guard. That just can't happen again. Well, yeah. And then um, I would say probably three on that list is three or four. I mean, I think you need to. Your veterans, you have to figure out who who will take pay cuts and that type of thing, and and where you are that. And that's that's you know I I think Anthony Harris is gone. Barr has to take a pay cut. Uh, Rudolph I think is gone. So I think those guys are next. But then your left tackle. I mean, can you get Riley Reef back at a deal that he wants or, or is comfortable with and that you're comfortable with? Because yeah. if you bring him back, which I would. Um, you know, then you can leave Cleveland at guard, I assume. And, and but I think you have to. To me, your first rounder either has to be an offensive guard or a defensive tackle. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, my guess is that the coach is going to push uh, Rick to probably take a defensive and or tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that's the case, then I tell I tell Mike that we are going to clear cap space and we are going to go pursue a guard on the open yeah. market and we will spend because you just you can't have this QB with with the interior of the line that they have there's too yeah, much push no. now and it makes no sense i mean you you start you start the year in my opinion setting up kirk to fail on purpose 
by not ha- having um, a more uh, more stout interior offensive line. Yeah, and, and don't you think Cleveland will be better? I mean, second year, he'll go through a strength problem, have a whole offseason. I got to think he's going to be better and mm-hmm. just more equipped there. Those, I think, is what he is. You got to replace that. I, I'm still not sold on Bradbury at all, um, particularly in, as a pass protection. I think he gets pushed around too much. But um, we may have talked about this last week. I can't remember, but um, don't you think because if, if the salary cap goes down, that it, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, there'll be a lot of veterans get cut just because of salary, and that there'll be more veterans uh, available on probably pretty you know team friendly deals because if, if that cap does go down quite a bit that there's just going to be some cap casualties and I don't know how teams are going to get around it. Right. That you that yeah. you might be able to uh, plug, whether it's a veteran. I think they got to get a veteran cornerback. I don't think they can come back with just two second-year cornerbacks. I hope they do. They didn't last year, which was incredible yeah. to me. I, I was, yeah. you know, shocked yeah. by that. So, so I, I think get a veteran cornerback and then I would draft, you know, either offense guard round one, Defense tackle round two or vice versa. You know, defense tackle then offense guard and and, um, and still try to bring in a veteran too that's more than Dakota Dakota Dozier or Brent Jones. You know, bring in somebody. That, oh God, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Don't do not go cut. cheap again. No, don't yeah. go cheap again. Somebody that gets cut, and it's not necessarily being cheap. I just think there's going to be good yeah. veterans that get cut because I mean, and we'll see what the salary cap does. But if it goes down ten million dollars, there's going to be players that just teams just feel like they they've got no you know they're going to in a bind until they have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think there'll be some halfway decent options out there available. Hey, what what's your current um, uh, draft r- rankings for the quarterbacks that are, uh, that are probably going to go in the first round chip? Well, Trevor obviously won. Yep. Um, I really like Matt Jones as, because uh, you know, his accuracy He's not obviously not really athletic, but I don't know. I think in today's NFL, you need to have mobility. So I think I still go fields too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see a, enough of the BYU quarterback, but I think he's fairly mobile, right? I think he's pretty athletic. I, yes, I think he's got. So, yes, I think he he can move. So I think maybe the next three in whatever order, I think him, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones um, are in there in that group, and it's probably just whatever you know whatever teams feel like fits their scheme or whatever, but um, I think those five are definitely first-round picks, mm-hmm. right? I think Mac Jones, now yeah, he's he's going to get knocked because, I mean, look at the talent around him. <laughs> he's got the Heisman Trophy winner, the number five guy, Heisman Trophy running back, just all this talent. But I, I think that does him a disservice. I actually think he's good, and, and it's not fair to just say, well, anybody could have done it. He's so five guys, good. you think, Chip? I do. Okay. I do. Um, I, think it's, I think it's Lawrence Fields, Mac Jones, uh, Trey Lance, and then uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson. Yep. I, I think those five are first rounders, don't you? Mac Jones, I'm curious about. Uh, the I I like him a lot, but what you broached is true, and the lack of mobility would scare me a bit. Yeah, because this game is now thing. so geared towards that. It, like, and it is. Yeah. If you're a drop back guy now, it's just not the same anymore. Yeah, I mean, and that is that is the one concern I'd have. I mean, like. He could play eighty percent of his passes. His guys, you know, um, or whatever his number was. I close there. Um, accuracy is just pinpoint. I mean, he just really. And I like him. Yep. And, and he, I think he's tough, and you know, obviously that system. And but um, 
but the mobility. I mean, I just think now you have to be able to improvise and move. Um, and so I think that would, you know, I think that's what's going to be a knock on him. Uh, I'm looking at the stats. Yeah, 77, 77 uh, completion percentage, which is crazy. Um, so I, I still think uh, Fields is probably number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, how many, how many teams are going to be in the market for a first round quarterback? If you're the Vikings and one of them sitting there, what do you do, Judd? Oh, I personally take one. They they won't, but I would. You have to, yeah. I mean, assuming I like the, assuming I like who's left, I should say, just to clarify. I'm saying, yeah, I take I take one. They the won't. Guy, right. You you need to be in love with the guy. Absolutely. And, but if I am, I snatch him up. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I'm looking. Uh, who would be this? Because I think I think. You know, obviously, Trevor's going one. I think Fields probably still goes number two, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets trade out, but I, I think that I think that whoever ends up in that two slot does take Fields. Uh, I, I'm Zach Wilson a, intrigues me a lot. Here's what I'm looking at. A, this is a CBS. I just called it up right here while we're sitting here. Number one, Trevor Lawrence. Number two, the Jets field. Number three, Houston Texans, Zach Wilson. <laughs> I think it's going to go one, two, three. Interesting. Um, well, and Desha- have, you know, if, if Deshaun gets traded, yeah, and they have Trey Lance, and he might eight, you know, so that's four in their top ten. Tr- Trey Lance um, scares me. I, I can't have a kid play one game. Judd, I, I I would be lying if I sit here and said I've even seen him play. Yeah, yeah I haven't. I haven't. So. But he didn't play. I mean, he played one game, and and what scares me is that this is the type of kid who, after playing. One game in 2020, Chip, could easily go to the combine and knock your socks off, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. I need game action. It scares it scares me that he's basically going to go a year without game action. That's the, that's the thing you have to – I mean, he's going to be – it's going to be risk-reward. I mean, it, it could wind up being great or it could be a bust. You just don't know. And I need to say that for every quarterback, obviously. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and people are going to look at the competition, too, and obviously – NBC's a great program, and and you know they're the championship at that level. But um, but having gone a whole year and just not a whole lot of tape on him, I, he would scare me. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see if if the Texans trade Deshaun. It sounds like he wants out. I think they. Know? I I think he's going to force them to. Don't you? Based on what he's, he's talking now, yes. What you, the reports, yes. I mean, they're, they're dysfunctional. Like, they've been dysfunctional. Well, Ted, when we were down there this year for that game, he just looked like they ruined him. You know? I mean, Bill O'Brien, you looked at it like, I even tweeted during the game, I was like, what has happened to Deshaun Watson? I mean, he looked awful. Yep. And I'm sure people are telling him that, you know, that this this organization's ruined you and you got to get out, so maybe he is going to force his way out. So, I mean, you know, this is one mod draft, but they think four – quarterbacks in the top 10 and if Deshaun was being shopped Chip Scoggins and I'm Rick Spielman I am on that phone quicker than you can snap your fingers what would like realistically what would it take to get him how many first oh a couple probably a couple of firsts well here is so so to circle back to your point from before which is to me and and fans do not want to talk about this they don't want to entertain it and they don't want to consider it but your question is the Spot on question, Daniil Hunter. 
How yeah. happy are you? And by the way, if you are going to demand to be the highest paid defensive player in this league, I can't do that. Um, and so now, what about a couple of firsts and Hunter? Ooh. That's all. I mean, <laughs> and, and then you've got to be able to trade spin cousins off as well to, to like San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about Hunter, what is the gap between him? I assume Bosa, right, is the highest paid? Yes, you're correct. What what is the gap there? Is it is it significant between the two of them? Yeah. No. I. I well, wait. Wait. If no, no, it, it's Sally. Oh. Oh. Yes. Yes. De- Chip. Daniil Hunter is the 18th highest paid pass rush end in the league. He ain't playing on that next year. No, and he shouldn't. I mean, that's the eight, 18th pass rushing end, Chip. Yeah. I'm gonna look at defense. He's playing for but... peanuts. Is he twelve million? Is that what? Uh, Who's that? Uh, Daniel. Daniel. I got it. Um, go to over the cap and pass rushing defensive ends. I've got it right here because they so, actually do a good yeah, job so, breaking it down. Uh, edge rushers. Yep, edge rushers. Yep. Daniel Hunter is at to fourteen point four average per year. Bosa Bosa's a twenty seven. Miles wow. Garrett's a twenty five. That's quarterback wow. money. Wow, they're paid like quarterbacks. And they should be. They're that good. So if you're Daniil, you he's going to want to. I mean, you're not going to pay him that money, twenty seven. But he's going to want. He's going to want twenty, right? Oh well, well, if if what they told, if what what, and I'm sure it came from uh, his camp. If what Hunter's camp told Ian Rappaport is correct, they said at that time he wants to be the highest paid defensive player in the league. <laughs> so you've got a you've got a problem. Yeah, I got a big. You problem. can't write that check right now. No. Now I will say maybe they have a little bit of leverage because he missed the whole year with a neck injury, but um, yikes! I mean, you're talking about doubling his salary basically. But the neck, but the neck problem. If I'm his agent and him, the neck problem makes me want to get him paid. Well, yeah, because yeah, like I'm not going to come back and have have him get hurt again on fourteen four and be like, well, we took our chances and now your career's done. So this is the problem. Both both sides uh, probably have a good case for standing their ground. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's not playing as the eighteenth highest. No, uh, agreed. With with the salary cap that's coming down. Yep, really? and and you're paying and you're paying Kirk and you're paying Dalvin and you're paying guys. Like you're already, you know, invested. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, that's where that's where I, I don't know how they're going to get around that one. And that, that's why I said that's got to be number one on your list because <clears throat> doesn't that deal dictate everything else? How you construct your roster? Yes. I mean, because agreed. You have to figure out what you're going to pay him, and then everything else falls into place, right? So that, I mean. He's not going to play on his own deal he has right now. I mean, it's, that's just not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. so that'll determine, you know, his bar back or how much of a pay cut does he take? I mean, Rudolph's, I mean, you know, that might be, Judd, that might be where you have to say, you know what, as much as we really like Riley Reef and he played well, can't afford him. We've got to have a guy who's on his rookie deal playing left tackle. You know? <laughs> right. But then that, but then it's like you're, you're right back to if you move Cleveland to left tackle, now mm-hmm. you've got to go get a right guard too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I'm just I, I think that you are exactly right when you said 
you have to go to Hunter and his camp and assess things ASAP. Mm-hmm. I mean, this can't dra- or this should not drag on. If he says, you know what, I, I want a dollar more than Bosa, you've got a serious decision to make immediately. I think. Yeah, and it, it can't be one of those. Um, it can't be like Dalvin, where you take it right up to the eve of the season opener. It's like, yeah, we'll squeeze it in and we'll figure it out later. I mean, uh, I mean this this one feels like you have to figure out first and then construct your roster because that I mean if if he really wants to be in that up with those guys, I mean you're talking about a gigantic uh pay increase for him, which is gonna affect everything else. So yeah, Spielman's got his and Brzezinski got their work cut out for him here. I mean it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. Exactly. Last thing, what can we do? to help your sport, and I, I saw that you did a column for the Star Tribune about this the day after the national championship game. Uh, the regular season, to me, is still fine. Like, the games are, are fun, and a, a Saturday of watching college football is great. So that, that's not my complaint. But what can we do to uh, create a system where it's not basically the Yankees, Red Sox, and Dodgers year yeah. after year? Uh, the, these playoffs, Chip, just aren't fun. Yeah, well, there's two issues here that they're kind of connected, but they're sort of not. So I want them to expand to eight teams, mm-hmm. uh, the playoff, just because I, I sort of resisted it because, to me, the, the college football regular season is the best thing going, right, when, it, when there's only so few spots. And if you have four, only four spots, and, you know, every game feels like a playoff sort. And, and I always worried that <clears throat> if you expand the playoff, you'll remove some of that. But I think if you got to eight, it wouldn't. And, and I think teams are just – or the average fan, even me, if it's just Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, and Notre Dame every year, it's like it just it loses its luster, you know. So they need to freshen it up. And I, my idea was, and people have said this, this model's out there is, you know, the five Power Five schools get an automatic bid. Uh, the best group of five team, uh, which would be Cincinnati this year, which you know that'd be fun. And then two at largest. So if you want to put Coastal Carolina in there, if you want to put you know Texas A and M this year. Um, so I think if you did that, you you would make the playoff more attractive and more fun. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see it go 16. I, I think that might be a little bit of a pipe dream. Just getting it to eight is, would be right. a big step. Right. Um, but if you do that, that is not going to solve Alabama and Clemson winning every year. It's just not. <clears throat> the, one, the only way I think that you could take a step forward to, and this is the second issue, it's, it's kind of, there's kind of been a little bit of, uh, I don't know if groundswell, but there's been more talk and buzz about it is uh, lowering the scholarship numbers. So right now, this uh, intrigues me. That yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So so right now, Division One teams get 85 scholarships. So if you if you lower that number to 75 or 70, so that's you know 15 kids that would have let's say it's 70. Let's 15 kids that would have gone to Alabama, 15 to Clemson, 15 Ohio State. Yep. You know, 15 Oklahoma. They would have to go somewhere else. Right. I like so this. You, you, so you, you, you water, you know, it, it trickles down. So, you know, that, that better town is more evenly dispersed. But who runs college football? Let's be honest. The big boys, right? Yep. Nick Saban, Dabble Sweeney. Absolutely. Ohio State, they run college football. Do you think they're going to go for that? No, but. No chance. And here's the other thing. No. Here's the other thing. Yep. But here's the other thing. Go to P.J. Fleck. Go to the Wake Forest coach. Go to the Oklahoma State coach. Go to the Kentucky coach and say, 
hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take you guys from 85 to 75 scholarships. You think they're going to go for it? No chance. But it would help this. But it would help the sport. It would help them. You're right. It would help them, but I, I can guarantee you, if you go to those coaches and say we're we're taking 15 scholarships from you, they're going to resist like you wouldn't believe. I guarantee it. Even though it would help them, but I, I just don't think that they would go for it. But we I need really to make. But I mean, that that playoff need, needs to be more exciting. And, and I'm not saying that the good teams can't be consistently good. That's fine. But when it's this predictable, right? I mean, that's that's the problem. Is is it's just and. and so the one thing that I will say about about your, your point about Dabo and and you know Nick uh, c- coming back at you and saying no, I won't allow this is the people that really potentially could run the sport are television, and mm-hmm. I gotta think that that they saw that you know their I, I think r- ratings declined for the game on Monday. I gotta think that there is a point in time where they push to get if not more parody, something that at least looks like more parody. Yeah, and it, I, I agree because people are just going to stop watching it. And I talked to uh, Craig Thompson, who's the Mountain West uh, commissioner, uh, good guy, former Gopher grad. Right. Um, and he was like, and that was his whole point is like, you know, it's just interest. If people stop being interested in it because it's the same old thing, then your your sport's going to be hurt. And I would, I would think, I think it's fair to say college football is the second most popular sport in this country, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about all the fan base, you know. And so if you, you know, if you're, they don't want to jeopardize that. Um, and so, you know, the scholarship reductions, I think, would help. But, if it, but Judd, it comes back to the system. In pro sports, the worst teams get the best picks. But when you're, when you're drafting in, or when you're recruiting instead of drafting, it's it's just – how do you overcome that? Yeah. You know, I mean, Alabama and every year for the next five years, you, I can tell you who the top five recruiting is going to be. It's going to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State, and Clemson. It yep. just is. And so, you know, it's not like you can say, all right, you know, the worst teams are going to get the best players. I mean, you know, that works in the in pros, but if, I don't know how you get around that part of it, you know, and that's, and that's what we've led to, you know, so. It's just sad because I, I watched a good portion of that game on Monday night, and then I was just like, you know what, I'm done. Well, yeah, Judd, I mean, I was watching it because I had to update my column, and i got to be honest with you, at halftime, I was just like, man, this is over. This isn't even exciting. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it just, you knew what was going to happen. Alabama was so superior to Ohio State, and it was just like, it's, it, it, when it becomes boring, that's not what college football is. You know, you know right. college football is just, just pageantry and excitement. And right now, it's just kind of boring because you know what's going to happen. Here, here's the thing: I would be willing to bet that Alabama's going to play Clemson in the national title next year, and I bet it's, you know a pretty safe bet right now. You yeah. Know? And when, when you can say absolutely, that which sport, is sad, you, that is when you say when you can say that with reasonable confidence, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you're right," then it's not a good spot. Exactly. Thanks, Chipper. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right, brother. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.